Spoilers for Spider-Man uh, and Endgame. If you haven't seen those, um, maybe just leave and then come back. I'm just kidding. You guys can stay here. Um, but I don't know about you guys, but I was not uh, emotionally prepared for this summer for movies because first off, we had uh, Endgame, which, uh, again, I'm going to spoil it, but if you haven't seen it, it was just it really, I was, I was really sad. Uh, they needed tissues in every movie theater. Um, and then we had Toy Story 4. Um, I don't know if you're a big fan of the Toy Story movies, but I was, and it was like my childhood was just going away. And, and then we had The Lion King, and so if you haven't seen it, we had to watch that one scene uh, again with the stampede. Um, if you haven't seen it, it's sad. Um, and, and, and all of that, and so I was not emotionally prepared. And then on top of all of it, uh, I went to go see Spider-Man, and I didn't think I was going to be that, like, uh, emotional with it, but I came out of it like, <laughs> it, was, it was rough. And, and we're talking about Spider-Man far from home, uh, and, and I don't know if you're a big fan of Spider-Man, but growing up, he was the superhero that I kind of always wanted to be like, uh, mainly because, like, if you got in trouble and needed somewhere to hide, you would just, like, stick up on the roof and just wait for them to leave, and you'd be, you'd be scot-free. And on top of that, you'd like swing from buildings, and, and that would be cool. You'd swing around New York, but if you're in like an area like Glen Allen, there's not a lot of buildings that you can swing from, so you would just kind of like shoot trees or something like that. And, and so, uh, but I still wanted to be like him. Um, and, and if you followed Spider-Man um, from Endgame, uh, Spider-Man Far From Home picks up right where Endgame uh, leaves off. Um, and Endgame ends with Tony Stark uh, sacrificing himself uh, to, to defeat, I know, <laughs> whoa, <laughs> um, to defeat Thanos. He, um, he does like this whole like, uh, I am Iron Man, and he snaps, and then he dies. Um, but I know, emotional, right? Um, and, and so and Far From Home takes uh, place immediately right after that, and Peter has to learn what it's like to live in a world without Tony Stark. Uh, Spider-Man is asked this question in one of the very first scenes, are you the next Iron Man? Are you the next Iron Man? And Peter's response is to just run away, is run away. And when I went to first go see Spider-Man, I wasn't thinking I was going to be hit that hard. But then I saw, I went through it, and I was like, oh, my gosh, there's a lot of spiritual stuff with this. Because the world isn't saying, hey, are you the next Iron Man? Are you the next Avenger? The world's asking, are you a, a disciple of Jesus? Are you one of the followers of Jesus? Are, are you a follower of Christ? And if I was honest, my reaction is a lot like Peter's, is to, to run away. Because for Peter, Far From Home is more than just a movie about Peter fighting uh, some bad guy. It's more than that. It's, uh, it's Peter coming into his own and, and battling with his own inadequacies and asking the question, am I even good enough to be the next Iron Man? And, and for a lot of us, we're asking ourselves the question, am I even good enough to be a follower of Jesus? You know, because you ask, hey, do you want to lead a small group or you want to lead a Bible study or something like that? And you say, oh, I'm, 
I'm not smart enough. I don't, I don't know enough about the Bible. I, I'm not really going to be good enough for that. Uh, or, or maybe you ask, hey, do you want to just get together, uh, have some coffee, maybe talk about Jesus? I'm like, no, let's hold off on that. I, I, I messed up this past week, and I kind of just want to be by myself. And, and for a lot of us, we're faced with our own sin. We're faced with comparison. We're faced with self-doubt, self-pity, all these different things that, that force us to ask the question, are we good enough? Have I messed up too many times? For Peter, he, he feels unqualified to be the next Iron Man. And for a lot of us, we feel unqualified to be the light of the world. And so we see what Peter does in the story of Far From Home. Peter, uh, he, he's called to help out on this big scale uh, threat Nick Fury calls him, and he keeps ghosting him, um, and, and we find that Peter, all he wants to do is just be a normal kid, right? Like, he, he just went through all of Infinity War, he got dusted, and he came back, and, and he just fought a bunch of aliens and, and all this stuff, and all he wants to do is be a normal kid. But he can't be a normal kid, because he's Spider-Man. And Tony Stark chose him to be an Avenger. And for a lot of us, when we're faced with our own inadequacies, a lot of us want to go back to what is normal. And for most of us, what is normal is trying to work hard to please God. It is saying, hey, you know what? I really messed up, God, so I'm going to join all these Bible studies. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray more. I'm going to pray at least three times a day. Um, and, and, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say grace at every single meal. Um, and, and you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go help a bunch of people. I'm going to go do some yard work for some people who can't. Uh, I'm going to do all these different things so that you can love me, that you will, will say that, that I'm worthy. And we find ourselves trying to work hard to earn God's love and God's favor because we are not good enough. And in the story of Spider-Man, he just wants to be a normal kid. He just wants to go on vacation. And Jesus says something interesting. Uh, in John 8, uh, verse 12, he says that I am the light of the world. If you follow me, you will not walk in darkness. And so when I read that, I say, okay, Jesus, you got this. I don't need to do anything. I can just... Sit back, relax, do my own thing. You can be the light. I will go over here and, you know, do whatever. Jesus says that I, I am the light of the world. Now, what he's, he's not saying that, that, that he is the one who's going to do the job. He's just saying that we are supposed to be the ones that, that we point to. He is supposed to be the one that we point to. Because in Matthew chapter 5, he says that you, you and me, are the light of the world. A city on a hill can't be covered. If you light a lamp, are you going to cover it? No, you're going to let that light shine. But again, for a lot of us, for me, when I come face to face with my own sin, with my own stuff, with, with my own inadequacies, I, I tend to run away from being the light. I say, Jesus, you've got this. I'm not good enough. I'm going to go back there and and do my own thing and, and soak in, in my sin and just exist. 
But that's not what God wants for us. That's not what Jesus wants for us. He wants us to be the light to the world. And so often we say, God, please find someone else. And the Bible is filled with people who said, please find someone else. Like Moses, he, he literally spent a whole conversation saying, God, you really need to find somebody else. I'm not your guy. And, and people like Gideon say, find someone else, God. And, and for you and I, that's what happens so many times is that we say, find somebody else, God, because I'm not good enough. In the story of, uh, of God in the, in the Bible, there's another Peter. Some of you might know him. It's not Peter Parker, um, but it's Peter, uh, the disciple, Simon Peter. And, and Simon Peter, we pick up in a story where, where Peter, he's probably not feeling like he's good enough. We, we find him in a place where just a few days ago, he watched his best friend, this guy he spent almost every day for the last three years. We watched, he watched him be beaten. He watched him be humiliated. He watched him be whipped, be spat on, and ultimately crucified. And you know what Peter did? Peter ran. Peter denied Jesus three times when people looked at Peter and said, hey, I think I've seen you with that, uh, with that Jesus guy. Uh, aren't you one of his followers? Peter said, no, that's not me. That's not me. You're thinking of the other, the other Peter. He, he ran and, and he denied Jesus. And so when, when Jesus comes back, Peter is probably feeling a lot of inadequacy. He's probably feeling like he's not good enough, like he's not smart enough, not like he's not strong enough to be a follower of Jesus. And we pick up in, in chapter 21. It says this, after this, Jesus revealed himself again to the disciples by the Sea of Tiberias, and he revealed himself in this way. Simon Peter, Thomas, called the twin, Nathaniel of Cana and Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, and two other of his disciples were together. Simon Peter said to him, I am going fishing. They said to him, we'll go with you. And they went out and got into the boat, but that night they caught nothing. Just as day was breaking, Jesus stood on the shore, yet the disciples did not know that it was Jesus. And Jesus said to them, children, do you have any fish? They answered him, no. He said to them, cast the net to the right side of the boat, and you will find some. So they cast it, and now they were not able to haul it in because of the quantity of fish. That disciple whom Jesus loved therefore said to Peter, it is the Lord. When Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he put, out, put on his outer garment, for he was stripped for work, and threw himself into the sea. The other disciples came in the boat, dragging the net full of fish, for they were not far from land, but a hundred yards off. When they got on to the land, they saw a charcoal fire in the place with fish laid out on it and bread. Jesus said to them, bring some of the fish that you caught. So Simon Peter went aboard and hauled the net ashore full of fish, 150 of them. And although there were so many, the net was not torn. And Jesus said to them, come, have breakfast. Now none of the disciples dared ask him, who are you? For they knew it was the Lord. Jesus came and took the bread and gave it to them, and so with the fish. This was now the third time that Jesus revealed himself to the disciples after he was raised. So Jesus has a meal, uh, and Peter, uh, kind of in, in Peter fashion, kind of just does what he's thinking. He doesn't, well, he doesn't stop and think. He just do, he does. And he jumps into the water when probably if he stayed in the boat, he would have been fine. And so he jumps into the water, and he rushes to shore. 
And the boat follows him. And we see Peter, who, who probably jumps out of the boat because he feels guilty that he ran away from Jesus. And so now he has to come back. When he sees Jesus, he has to do everything he can to show Jesus that he's his disciple. He has to do everything he can to, to show Jesus that he still loves him. And for a lot of us, that's what we do. We do everything we can to kind of show that we love God. We, we do everything we can. We join those Bible studies. We pray more often. We, we even try fasting for the first time. And we do all these things just to show that we love Jesus when all Jesus wants from us is to sit and have breakfast with us. He just wants to sit and eat with us and, and have fellowship with us. He's, he's not asking that you jump out of the boat and rush him. He, he's just asking that you spend time with him. He's just asking that, that in, when, when you come face to face with your inadequacies, you, you sit down and you just eat with him and you let him tell you who you are. And we continue the story and they've had breakfast and I'm sure it's pretty awkward because Peter literally just betrayed this man, and, and Jesus looks at Peter, and it says, when they had finished breakfast, Jesus says to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, then feed my sheep. He said to him a second time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, then tend my sheep. He said to him the third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was grieved because he asked him a third time, do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. Jesus said to him, then feed my sheep. Truly, truly, I say to you, when you were young, you used to dress yourself and walk wherever you wanted. But when you were old, you will stretch out your hands and another will dress you and carry you where you do not want to go. This he said to show by what kind of death he was to glorify God. And after saying this, he said to Peter, follow me. So Jesus asked Peter the question that he's asking each one of us, do you love me? Not, hey, how many small groups are you in? Not, hey, how many times are you praying? Or, or how many times have you fasted this month? Or have you helped everybody? He's asking, do you love me? And if the response is yes, then, then the reaction should be feed my sheep. In this moment where, where Peter is probably feeling like he's not good enough, Jesus just asks him, do you love me? And, and Peter says, yes, Lord. And for many of us, that's the answer. They're like, God, I love you. You know I love you. It's just life is really hard. Life is really hard, and I am really messed up. But Jesus just says, follow me. Feed my sheep. Jesus says to Peter, follow me and feed my sheep. And here's the truth, that Jesus didn't just pick names out of a hat. He didn't, like, just, just you know, randomize some names and say, oh, Dominic, he can follow me. That's cool. Uh, Karen, she can follow me. Uh, Debbie, mm, let's put Debbie over here. She can follow me, but she's, 
She's got some stuff, so we're going to keep an eye on Debbie. He didn't do that. Jesus didn't just randomly pick you, but he chose you. He chose you before time even began. Ephesians 2.10 says that you are God's masterpiece, his workmanship created for good works that were prepared for you before time even began. And so we come to Jesus and saying, God, I'm really messed up. I don't think I'm, I'm good enough. And Jesus would just say, but I chose you. It's not that you're good enough. It's that I chose you. See, Jesus chooses each one of us to be the light to the world. And far from home, Nick Fury asks Peter uh, a question that I think we we all would, would do well to ask ourselves. And Nick Fury says this, you got gifts, Parker, but you didn't want to be here. I'd love to have you in Berlin with me, but you've got to decide whether you're going to step up or not. Stark chose you. He made you an Avenger. I need that. The world needs that. Here's the thing. You are here for a reason. God doesn't make mistakes. And and what Jesus calls each one of us is to be the light to the world because the world needs what we have. The world needs our love. The world needs the freedom that we have in Jesus. The world needs what we have. And when, we, when we're, we're struggling with comparison or self-doubt or sin or all these different things, it, it keeps us from giving the world what it truly needs, and that's ultimately Jesus. So are we going to step up and be the light to the world? And one of the last scenes uh, far from home, uh, this one is like the one that like really got me. Like I needed like an entire box of tissues for this one. But Peter has just messed up. He's, he's failed. Peter Parker, not the disciple. Um, he's messed up. He's failed. He, he's feeling like he's not worthy of being Iron Man or Tony Stark or all these different things. He's not worthy of being the light, the the hero that the world needs. And he says this, I'm going to try to do my best to to act, um, act it out, but Peter says this, don't tell me to relax, happy. How can I relax when I messed up so bad? I trusted Beck. I thought he was my friend, so I gave him the only thing that Mr. Stark left behind for me, and now he's going to kill my friends in half of Europe, so please don't tell me to relax. He says, I'm sorry, Happy. I'm sorry I, I, I shouldn't shout. I just really miss him. Happy says, yeah, I, I miss him too. And Peter says, everywhere I go, I see his face. And the whole world is asking who is going to be the next Iron Man. I don't know if that's me, Happy. I'm not Iron Man. Happy says this, you're not Iron Man. You're never going to be Iron Man. Nobody could live up to Tony, not even Tony. Tony was my best friend, and he was a mess. He second-guessed everything he did. He was all over the place. The one thing he did that he didn't second-guess was picking you. I don't think Tony would have done what he did 
not knowing that you were going to be here after he was gone. In my life, there has been the, the most devastating force in my life has been when I come face to face with my own inadequacies. Other people can, can do and say what they want to me. That's fine. I can live with that. But there are days when I wake up and I look in the mirror and just, I don't like what I see. I don't like that I see a guy who's messed up again. I don't like that I see the sin in my life. I don't like that I see that, that I'm not good enough, that, that I'm not smart enough. And so what happens is it keeps me from being the light because I'm so focused on, on me. I'm so focused on what I can't do. When Jesus has already said, I've chosen you. When Jesus has already said that, that I love you and I have given you everything you need to be the light to the world. And I just want to give you three takeaways when, when that, that these have helped me, um, but three takeaways for when you come face to face with your own inadequacies, when you come face to face with comparison or, or doubt uh, or self-pity, all these different things that keep us from being the light. The first is this, know and believe fully that if Jesus chose you, he will help you to be the light. Paul writes that he who began a good work in you will finish it unto completion. What that means is Jesus isn't going to leave us hanging dry when we are, are going through difficult times, when we're struggling to be the light. Jesus is going to be with us. He left his Holy Spirit with us and inside us so that we could be the light. And, and so if Jesus chose you, that means that there's nothing that that you can say about yourself, other people can say about you that can change that fact. You are chosen and you are the light of the world. So if Jesus chose you, no one fully believe that he will help you be light. The second is find the small ways that you can be the light. Peter Parker isn't the, the friendly world-saving Spider-Man. He's the friendly neighborhood Spider-Man, right? And, and so that means looking at the small ways that we can be alike. Maybe it is asking your neighbor, hey, do you need anything? Maybe it's bringing the freedom of Christ to, to a friend you know who's, who's been in bondage from a, addiction or all these different things. Or maybe it's just someone who's going through a rough time and, and you just show them love and you just be the light to them. And it's not always looking like going to the other side of the world or, or going to Nicaragua, those are all great things. And, and we should all do those things. But when we're looking at being a light to the world, the best way is to just look at what's around us, look at who's around us, and be a light to those people. And we, we shake hands and we say, like, good morning to people we don't know. But I wonder if how many of us actually know each other enough to know that there are things in our life that really need, we really need a light right now or that somebody next to us really needs a light right now. So find the small ways to be the light. And the last one is don't look at, at, what, uh, at what your inadequacies say about you, but look at what Jesus has done for you. For each one of us, he has paid the price. 
for each one of us, he has bought our salvation. For each one of us, he has made a way so that we can be a light to the world. On the cross, his last breath said, it is finished. What Jesus is saying is that there is nothing that other people can say about you, nothing that you can do, nothing that you can say about yourself, nothing that can happen to you that could change the way that Jesus sees you and the love that Jesus has for you. Because what Jesus says about you is that you are forgiven, you are redeemed, you are loved, and you are chosen. The cross displays the love that God has for us so that we could be a light and display the love that Jesus has for us to the world. So when you're faced with your inadequacies, remember that Jesus has already called you chosen. He's chosen you for a reason, that you're here for a reason, that you have purpose in this life, and it's to be a light to the world. It's not about what we say about ourselves. It's not about the sin that's in our lives. It's all about the cross and the resurrection and what Jesus has done for us through that. And every week at Velocity, we celebrate that time. The moment where Jesus died on the cross and said that it is finished, it is covered, it is done You don't need to to be afraid about what other people say about you. All you need to focus on is what I say about you. All you need to focus on is what I have done for you. And then take that and then be a light to the world and go out and shine that light. We celebrate that, that, that when we're faced with doubt, when we're faced with our own inadequacies, that Jesus has already said you were chosen. Jesus has already said that you are loved and forgiven. And I don't know how you came in here today. I don't know how you came in here. Uh, Maybe you had a good week. And maybe Monday is going to be great too. And I don't know how the rest of your week is going to go. But what I do know is that at some point in your life, you're going to come face to face with the question of, am I good enough? And you'll also have to come face to face with the truth and the reality that Jesus has already paid the price for you and has chosen you to shine a light to the world.